Welcome this morning to Messy Sunday. That was awesome, Faith. Man, we could have just went home after that. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to on your kids to pray back in the team center. I, I teach them well, brother, yeah. as I do. So, <laughs> Well, being that, look at that, being that it's Messy Sunday, hey, if any of you kids want to come up and sit on the floor, you can. If you want to, we invite you up here now. So, uh, okay, adults too, if you want to come up. Yeah, yeah sure, adults. whatever. We would prefer the adults. <laughs> to sit up front if you want to. Awesome. Hey, there she is. There she is. Faith. Good job, Faith. Look at that. It's awesome. Yeah, come on up, guys. Sit here on the floor. Little army showing up here. Stay off the stage, though. So we hate the security to come and throw you back down. So <laughs> awesome. Very good. All right, Brother Tim. All right, good deal. Start well, it off. We're excited to be here. We got a three-course meal planned for you guys. I'm the appetizer. Pastor Randy's the dessert before dinner, and then Pastor's going to come back up and give us the meal. So it's going to be good. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Back in the teens, we have them look at their neighbor and say, I'm glad you showered before you came today. So go ahead and do that. Just tell your neighbor, I'm glad you showered before you came. That was a, that's much appreciated. Glad you're here. Today we're talking about praise and how praise is a weapon that you should use for your family. Praise is a weapon you can use for your family. And so I'm going to be sharing about how praise is an invitation for God to come get involved in your life. The Bible says in Psalms 22 verse 3, this is the King James Version, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God inhabits our praise. When you start praising God, when you start exalting Jesus, he can't help but come and be near you. That's a good thing for us to remember. Because I'm going to show you a story in Mark's gospel. It's, in, it's recorded in three of the gospels, but I'm going to show you a powerful testimony. I'm going to show you how great it is when Jesus is right beside you. And so I want to encourage you this morning that you might be here today going through some difficult trials, some difficult circumstances. You might be filled with fear, worry, whatever it is. But I want you to know that praise is one of the secret weapons that you have to overthrow the power of the enemy. In Mark chapter 5, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because, again, I'm the appetizer. So in Mark chapter 5, we find a story of a man who was possessed by demons. And the Bible says that when Jesus confronts this man, he asks the man what his name is, and the man doesn't respond. The demons do, and the demons say, our name is Legion, for we are many. And I looked that up in the Strong's so I would understand what Legion meant, and it actually means this. I thought it meant a 1,000. It actually means 6,000 with 6,000 support troops. I'm not super great at math, but I think that's 12,000 if I'm right. Am I right? Does anybody can verify that? 12,000? I need some support here. Is that 12,000? So just to make sure we're clear here, this one man had 12,000 demonic forces working against him. Woo! How many of you think that sounds like a bad day? I think it sounds like a bad day. I think when I have one demonic force working against me, I'm like, Jesus, this is rough. This guy had 12,000. In fact, the townspeople, they tried to shove him into a cave. They tried to hold him back with chains. But the Bible says that because of the demonic influence in his life, the chains couldn't hold him back. He would just terrorize the town. He would scream all night. He would cut himself with rocks. This guy's having a bad life because 12,000 forces of evil are working against him. But here's what's really awesome. 
is that in Mark's gospel, it says that Jesus, he's coming across the lake in a boat. And it says that when the man saw Jesus at a distance, the demons did something very interesting. And it looked something like this. Oh, please don't hurt us. Don't hurt us. Jesus, don't hurt us. Let's check this out. From a distance, from a distance, Jesus wasn't even there yet. He was still in the boat. And 12,000 demons saw him coming, and immediately they're begging him for mercy. They're like, Jesus, son of God, please have mercy on us. And I'm like, Jesus, they're demons. You don't want to have mercy on demons. Like, that's kind of foolish. But he does, actually. He has mercy on them. They ask him not to cast them out of the region. And so Jesus is like, okay, go into the pigs. And the pigs run into the lake, and they all drown. It's a really weird story. The important part of the story is that this man had an unbelievable amount of demonic influence working against his life. And the moment Jesus was in the distance and he could see him, the demons started to get scared. And I want to show you how praise invites that presence into your life. And I need a volunteer. I need, is, are any of you, I need a second grader because I think that's the youngest we have. Is there a second? Come here, Preston. That's powerful, man. Come here. Good deal, Preston. You're going to be our good little Christian, all right? Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's good. Okay. And then I saw uh, Drew Burkholder. Come on down here. You're going to be our demonic influence, our demonic work of the devil. But it's good, though, because there's 12,000 of you. You should feel pretty good as you're walking down here. You should feel pretty good about this. We'll give him a minute. He's already nervous. He's taking his time. There we go. There we go. You're a wrestler, right? Is that true? No, it's your brother. Never mind. Go back. I'm just kidding. You can stay here. All right, so Preston's our Christian. And let's, let's say that Preston woke up this morning fearing fearful. Let's just say that that's one of the things the devil tries to do to him. And we all know that Jesus said, I come to give you abundant life. But the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's important for us to realize that anything that tries to come into your life that's stealing from you, killing you, or destroying the abundant life, that's the work of the devil, right? Amen. So Christian, he wakes up this morning. He's got fear. It just feels like fear is coming on him. He's not sure where it's coming from, but he's smart enough to realize fear doesn't come from God. And so he acknowledges it's of the devil, and he's looking at fear, and your fear. Okay, look fearful. We're going to get another volunteer. I'm just, no, I'm kidding. So he's fear. But that's just one example. Maybe you're an adult. And you're dealing with some more adult issues, and maybe you just got laid off from work, and you're not sure where your next paycheck's coming from. And so that's what you're dealing with. You're filled with worry because you're like, God, how am I going to do this? What's going to happen to my family? How's and so you're looking, and the demonic influence coming into your life is worry. Could be anything. It could be heartbroken. Maybe you, maybe you went through a really terrible experience and your heart is broken. You're like, God, how am I going to overcome this heartbreak? And so you're looking at the demonic work of just a broken heart. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people, and we know that a legion of devils trembled in fear at the mere sight of Jesus. By the way, when Jesus shows up, he casts them all out, so that's good news. And so, Preston, all you have to do if you wake up feeling filled with fear, all you have to do if you wake up feeling filled with worry, sickness, disease, whatever the devil's trying to come at you with, all you got to do is start praising Jesus. So just, just start praising Jesus, Preston. Just Jesus is greater than fear. Tell him. Tell him. You got to shout it 
it out, man. Jesus is greater than fear. That's right. So he's going to say that. But he's not going to stop there because he knows that Jesus, right, Jesus can do all things. Nothing is impossible for him who believes. So he's just going to keep speaking faith over the situation. Give me something. Praise the Lord works. Jesus is greater than fear. Boom. And then what happens, because Jesus inhabits the praise of his people, Jesus shows up, puts the devil in a chokehold, choke him out, choke him out. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. I got his parents' permission. It's fine. I'm just kidding. Jesus shows up and takes him out. Now, here's the cool thing. He didn't see it coming. But in our story, the devil saw it coming, and as soon as Jesus, here's what I want you to know. The moment the devil tries to bring something against you, why don't you just start praising? Because when the devil sees Jesus coming at a distance, he's already scared. And Jesus didn't stop coming, by the way. Jesus made it all the way to the situation, and he brought victory just like Mr. Kaiser did. I wanted him to shake and tremble. I thought he would. That's why I got Brett. I was like, go ahead, just look at him right now and start shaking. Oh, my God. That's powerful. Listen, there ain't nothing that the devil can throw at you that when Jesus shows up in the midst of it, that he's going to beat Jesus. Jesus is greater, right? He's greater. Praise is a powerful tool because praise invites Jesus' presence into your situation. I remember one time as a young man, you guys can, you can go back to your seats. I was in second grade like Preston. Uh, it was the year before my parents took me out of public school and homeschooled me, so I'm with you homeschoolers. I know that struggle. I got out of it, though. I went back to public school eventually, so it was good. But uh, I remember as a second grader, it's one of the craziest stories that I remember being in public school. And one day we were out at, at PE, right, when they still let you go out and do that. And I'm just hanging out by myself, and all these kindergartners came out. And I have no idea why it happened, but this mob of kindergartners singled me out. It was like a demonic work of the devil, and they all started attacking me. And I was like, man, what's happening? And I thought, you know, being a second grader, I can handle these kindergartners, but I found out there is power in numbers. And they beat me up. I was on the ground getting stomped on and everything. And I thought to myself this morning I was driving here I was like man I would have been smart to cry out for help that would have been a great idea and then I thought how many of us have an experience where the devil's trying to bring something on us and we feel good about ourselves we're thinking I'm feeling pretty strong today this devil don't look too big and instead of getting the trump card out we just try to fight it on our own and I thought man it'd be way easier if we just took a moment to say Jesus It'd be great if you just wipe this out real quick. I don't even want to deal with this. This is ridiculous. And Jesus is faithful every time because God doesn't lie. He'll inhabit the praise of his people. So next time something's coming against you, sickness, disease, worry, fear, anxiety, whatever it is, I want to encourage you, church, to lift up your eyes. Just start shouting the name of Jesus over that situation and watch God come through on your behalf. And to drive this point home further, Pastor Randy, Come on, it's time for the dessert before the meal. Oh, it's my turn? I was the appetizer. Oh, you're done? Oh, that's awesome. I teed you up. You did. I guess you did. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Awesome. Well, all right. How many of you guys would rather have dessert first anyway before the meal? Uh, just in case the rapture comes. Yeah, that's right. Amen. All right. So <laughs> praise is what we're talking about. And I want to, you know, I love what you were talking about there, Pastor Tim. That was good. I'm going to bring it. Uh, I guess in a different way, okay? But, but I'm going to touch on garment because that was awesome as well. So um, Ebony, where's Ebony at? 
Ebony, come here. Come here, Eb. Come out here. Come here. Hey, where are you going? Oh. Oh, I see. You smell something, don't you? Oh, you do smell something. I didn't even tell you where it was. You're smart. All right, Ebby, please sit. Thank you. Now, give me some skin. Good girl. Now, down. down. Yeah, down. Stay. Stay. Don't move. Stay. 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 Now, how many of your guys' dogs would stay? <laughs> how many wouldn't stay? Raise your hand. Oh, there's a lot of people in here. That's awesome. Stay. Stay. Now, I have trained Ebony with treats. And I could talk all day long, and she would not move until I told her, Ebony, okay. And then she would go, and she would eat her treats. All right? Now, the thing about Ebony's was I didn't really have a lot of time to really train her with a lot of tricks. So basically, those are the only three that she knows how to do. She can sit, she can give me some skin, and she can stay. She don't know how to do anything else, pretty much. All right? So, hey, you missed one right there. There you go. Okay, come here. Now, go down and sit by your grandparents. Go. Sit by your grandpa or somebody. Yeah, go over there. Hey, go sit down. Go sit. Ebony. Go over there. I'll tell you. Uh, she listens sometimes. Come here. Ebony. Sit. Sit. Come here. Get. Now sit. Turn around. Stay. All right. She, she's done. But. All right. That's Ebony. All right. Now. Ginger. Come here. Come here. Now. Now I have, now I have Ginger. All right. This. <laughs> this. This. Oh. This is not my dog, okay? This is, come here, come here. Now this, shh, this is not my dog. This is Quentin's dog, okay? And so I didn't care about, I didn't care about training this dog, all right? Because she's a nuisance. So, but I've trained, they train her the same way with, tr shh, I didn't say speak yet. So, shake. Ah, shake. Good. That was fast. Okay. All right. Down. Roll over. Good job. Sit. Speak. 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 All right. Good girl. Good girl, Ginger. So Ginger, she, she can do a little more, all right, because the kids have trained her a little bit. But I don't think that she'll stay. Okay, Ginger, sit. 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 Stay. Oh, she will. See, I didn't train this dog, all right? That's, that's awesome. Okay, good job, Ginger. Okay, Quentin, get your dog out of here. Ginger, go to Quentin. Go to Quentin. Go on. Here's your treats. There you go. Go on. All right, Ebony, you go to go. <laughs> Take them both. Take them both out of here. All right, so my point in that demonstration is the only reason they'll do anything that they are told is because of the I trained them with the treat. And I hate to say this, but most of the time, and sometimes, probably 90% of the time, we treat God like that as well. Listen, we will pray, we will read our Bible, 
we will even praise him only because we want something from him, we need something from him, or we have done something for him. You know, and you see it all through scripture, all through scripture verse. You look in, in the blind man who receives this sight, what does he do? He praises God. Jehoshaphat praised God because he was in trouble. Uh, Jethro praised God because he defeated the Egyptians. In the New Testament, all the multitudes were praising God because of the miracles that he had done. Why? So they were praising because of something that he had done or something that they needed. And it's okay to praise God like that. That's fantastic. And we do that. And that's wonderful. But what about praising God just to praise God? Where does that fit in? Why don't we do that anymore? Amen? Amen? Now, let's see here. Uh, one of you guys down there, let's see how, uh, see how smart one of you guys. Come here. Come, yeah, yes. Yes, you're very smart. Absolutely smart. You was in my class, so I know you're smart. Now, sometimes when Ebony or Ginger is asleep, I'll just go grab a treat, and I'll go over to him and say, Ebony and give her a treat. She wakes up. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that if she could speak or talk and think, she would be going, wow, I didn't have to do anything for that one. That's pretty good. You know, and I think God probably might feel the same way. And the guys in the New Testament, they looked at Jesus one day and they said, Jesus, how do we pray? How do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And what did Jesus, Jesus tell them? Now, this is improv. I have not told her anything. What did he tell them? Hmm. Multiple things are coming to my head, so I can't pick one. Okay, only one, not multiple. Remember, he said, this is how you pray. It's called the what? The Lord's, the Lord's Prayer. You know the Lord's Prayer, don't you? All right, how does it start? My brain's going everywhere. Your brain's going everywhere. Yes, probably because I didn't sleep last night. Because you didn't sleep last night. You're a preteen now, aren't you? Yeah. I guess so. All right, does it say, Our Father in heaven? In heaven. Keep going. Our Father in heaven. <laughs> Hallowed. 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 Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to quit. I thought I taught you guys better than this in the kids' church. The Lord's Prayer. Don't you know what the Lord's Prayer is? It's our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's how Jesus said to start praying, right? All right, now, you know, Pastor Tim, make sure you teach her that, okay? All right, all right, go sit down, sweetie. It's okay, Ow. careful, go, since you didn't have any sleep last night. So yes, <laughs> in Matthew 6, 9, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's stop right there. The word hallowed means what? It means to be set apart. Completely set apart. All by itself. So Jesus says when we pray, before we ask him for anything, before we talk about our problems, before we do anything, we have to say, Father, you are awesome. Hallowed be your name. Your name is abundant. Your name is great. You're the only God that's alive. Hallelujah. We just praise you because of that. We worship you just for who you are, all knowing the beginning and the end. That's how we're just supposed to start praying without anything else. Just uninhibited praise 
toward him. Amen? Amen? That's what he said, right? Now, this is really good, guys, because this is the marshmallows and the chocolate right here, okay? This is really good. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalms 22, 3. Psalms 22, 3. You know, this is church, kids. You know what I'm saying? No believer books, no Bibles. <laughs> you don't get any anymore. I know, I know. Psalms 22, 3 says, But thou art holy, O Lord, that inhabitest the praise of our, or of the praise of Israel. And another version it says, Lord, you inhabit the praise of our people. So, let's see. Here, so this is what he's saying. And this is what you, you, you touched on. Inhabit. So basically, here's what God does. We're all praising, right? Uh, hey, Bishop, scoot over. Now, this is, this is what God does. We're all praising, right? And here's God. And we're all praising the Lord, and here he is. He comes and he sits in the middle of our praise. It says he rests there. He inhabits. He's listening. He's probably got one of those little sticks in his hand. And he's just enjoying the praise. He's eating it up. He's inhabited. He's living there. He's staying there. He's resting in our praise. That's what it means to inhabit the praise of his people. And he, he inhabits our praise. He loves, he wants, and he yearns for all praise. And it says that he sits right in the middle of it. That is awesome. That's fantastic. It's what happened here today. That's why we praise. That's why we worship. Just to invite him in without any restrictions, without any demands at all. That's what we do, and that's what everybody does all across America. Unfortunately, most of the time only on Sundays and on Wednesdays. Another word for inhabit. Uh, the deer, they inhabit the woods, right? What? They live in the woods. They're there. They stay there. Hey, how many of you guys are thankful that the heat has finally inhabited Ohio, and the rain has left Ohio? <laughs> Hallelujah! All right, that's what inhabit means. It's to come in, to enter in, to sit there, to stay there. And that's what God does. Praise invites God into our lives, into the situation. His presence is here. How many of you guys have actually done that? Just for no reason of all, at all, just praise the Lord. Just praise God. I mean, you're just maybe out in the yard, and you look up, and you just praise God. The other night at 4 in the morning, I had to go up or sign. I don't know what I had to do. I'm getting older. I must have had to pee or something. I don't know. But the dogs wanted to go potty. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I look at the time. It's 4.20 a.m. And I, I let the dogs out back, and I walked out, and it was hot. Oh, 4.20 in the morning. It was hot. And I looked, and I live on the river, and all the lightning bugs were just thousands. Just boom, 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 boom. There was not a bit of wind in the sky. And I looked at, and the stars, thousands of stars were just gazing across. And it was so quiet. And I just, I just said, God, you're awesome. I didn't want anything. I just said, you're amazing. Thank you for who you are. It was awesome. Just, just praising him, just for who he is, what he's created, what he's done. Now, I read a story, and this is going to bring it back to home for real people that have real jobs and live a real life. There was a lady, before she got married, she was very popular. She sang across the country. She flew to many countries and airplanes. She had a great career. She loved God with all of her heart. But she met a man, 
That's the first. <laughs> she got married, and they decided to have kids. Well, she decided, you know, I, being a homemaker, being a mother is more important than my career, than singing and then traveling, so she decided to stay home. Well, they moved to another city, and they only had one car, so the husband got the job, and he's now working. She's at home with the kids. I think it was, she said it was like a one-year-old and a three-year-old. How many of you have one- and three-year-olds? All right. None of you. Awesome. <laughs> so she said, you know, the days are okay. You know, yeah, some are frustrating more than others. But this particular day, the kids were just not doing what they were supposed to do. They were just ornery, not listening. She said, I tried to give the one-year-old food, and he shoved it off the tray. He had a legion come in, apparently. I don't know, you know. Shoved it off the tray, screaming, wouldn't eat it, went everywhere. The three-year-old grabbed the fork and knife and started hitting the bottom of the table, you know, with, the, with everything. And she, all of a sudden, just said, Jesus, please help me. And also, all the kids went, Whoop. They stopped for a second, and then... Started crying again, and the other one started beating again. And then she said again, she said, I just praise you, Jesus. I praise your holy name. She just said, I had to forget everything. And she said, I just started praising. And as she was praising, she was crying. And so she got the kid out of the high chair, put him on the ground, and let him play in the food. And then the other kids, she grabbed another fork and another knife, and she just sat there with the kids on the ground and just playing. And she said, I started singing. And the kids started, and we were making joyful noises unto the Lord. And she said, everything just changed. Everything changed. See, the Bible says, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, but here the thing is, is it sounds great and we want to roar, but it's a choice. We have to decide to put it on. Or we can stay angry, we can stay mad. We can stay upset. And guys, I'm talking to you probably more than anybody because I don't know what it is, but it, it, sometimes it feels better just to stay angry. I'm being honest with you. Sometimes it does. I don't know why. Sometimes it feels, I don't know, I, I want to punch a wall instead of praise the Lord. I, I don't know why that is. But it won't help. You know? She stopped everything. And she said, I'm just going to praise God. And the kids started praying. She said she was laughing. And then she was crying again. And then she was laughing again. But then she felt peace. Joy came. Because that garment of praise, she put that on. She made a choice to put that on. And it helped the situation. And this is really good. Really good right here. Because we have to choose the garment. But here's the thing. When praise comes in the room, complaining and negativity leaves. Wow. Wow. When you just give it all to him, no matter what's going on in your life, and just for no reason, not to fix it, not to deal with it, just God, you are awesome. Hallelujah. Negativity will leave. Complaining and murmuring will leave. Because you decide to put on that garment. And peace will come, and joy will come like happened in her life. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to give you another demonstration on that. Most of you guys obviously know the story of Paul and Silas. How many don't know that story? Are you kidding me right now? Okay. 
So let's see here. Um, uh, Noah, go find me an adult. I don't care who it is. Just pick me somebody. All right? Somebody you don't know. No, you know him. Pick me somebody else that you don't know. Oh, uh, you know, you, do you really know Shane or you don't? Uh, come here, Shane. Come on up here. All right. He's one of our amazing children's workers. Shane, I need you to do something for me. And I know that you're going to love it. But I need you to put, this, put these chains on me, okay? On you? Yes. Oh, now, these are real locks, Shane, okay? And these are real keys. So is there like are... water we're going to throw you in? And... Oh, and put me on. No, I'm not going that far today. Jeez. All right, so these are real locks and real chains, okay? So basically, I just want you to take one side here and put, put the lock around, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, and put it, put, put it tight here. Let me get this out of the way so I don't hurt myself. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, boy, you're doing it right. Okay. Wow. Okay, I have to breathe a little bit. Jeez. Are going to put this behind you? No, in front. In front. I'm, I'm not that good. <laughs> I want people to see what's going on. So the story of Paul and Silas, Matthew the sixth, is it Matthew? No, Luke the 16th chapter, right? Verses 16, is that what it is? All right, I think it's Luke, Luke 16, 16. I think that that's what it is. If you have your Bibles, oh, Acts 16, 16. Thank you, I knew it was somewhere in the New Testament, okay? So Acts 16, I know I read it, all right? I, I read it. This is Messy Sunday. So Acts 16, 16 talks about Paul and Silas. Now, oh, make sure I can't pull on that, make sure I can't get it off. The whole thing, just pull hard. Okay, 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 that's nice. All right, Dream, Dreama, pull on that. Make sure I can't get off in my yeah, chains. Okay, okay, oh my gosh, okay. Randy, pull on the locks. Make sure they don't come off, the locks. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of weak, man, but it's you, okay. All right, all right. All right, Pastor, make sure those locks don't come off. That's it, pull on those chains. There you go, yep. pull harder. Yep. Pull, okay, all right, all right. They're on there. All right, so... Paul and Silas, they were going to a city. They met a lady named Lydia and end up getting saved, baptizing the whole house. And of course, they decide to spend their time there at Lydia's house with her family. And in the 16th verse, it says, I'll just read it up here, if, Andrew, if you have that up there. It says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. Divination basically means a spirit. She had an evil spirit, but yet she could tell the future about different things. So she had an evil spirit in her, and that spirit would tell the future about different things, which brought her masters much gain. In other words, they were getting rich off of this lady who they have enslaved because she had an evil spirit inside of her that were telling her different things, people different things, okay? It says, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which showed unto us the way of salvation. Now what it didn't say, here it is, and this, no, keep going, and this did she many days. Say many days. Many. Say it again, many days. Many. many days she did this. But Paul, being finally grieved about somebody standing behind her all the time, standing behind him, saying, yeah, you guys are men of God. Yeah. He finally turned around and said, what? Get out. Go, spirit. I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Did it say the same second? The same minute? The same hour. So see, sometimes, hmm, it didn't work. Oh, it's working. It works. 
Just give it a little time sometimes. Amen? All right. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace. They dragged them into the marketplace. Kind of like where pastor was preaching in this last crusade. That was a marketplace that they were in. Big area. A lot of people. A lot of stuff going on. All right? And drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble in our cities. Oh, they're preaching the gospel. They're getting people healed. That's exceeding trouble to me. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. So they, they got the people convinced in the city that these are bad guys. Bad guys. All they're doing is good. But now they believe they're bad guys. And they ripped off their clothes. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Okay? And they, <laughs> and they commanded them to be beaten. So they got beat to pieces just for doing good and casting out an evil spirit, right? And when they laid, and then we had laid many stripes upon them, whew, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. That's the story. So they did nothing bad. They was doing everything good, but they put chains on them and they put them in the jail. Now, how many of you would be all upset? Pretty upset, pretty angry. I think I would be going, what in the world is going on? I've done nothing bad. I've done good things for you, God. And this is what I get. This is what I get. And let alone all the pain from all the lashings and the bruises and the blood and everything. Wow. But the Bible says that that's not what happened, is it? Huh? No, the Bible says at midnight, at midnight, Paul and Silas started a dance party, baby. A dance party. Yeah. What's a dance party? Huh? With lots of music? Huh? Lots of loud music? Woo! Woo-hoo! Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe not that kind of dance party, all right? I mean, because... They didn't have electricity and, and DJs and a scratch box, music. music, speakers. So probably not that kind, okay? We're, now, if we were back in children's church, we'd have done that for like 20 minutes, wouldn't we, guys? Woo! So anyhow. No, I would say the Bible says that at midnight they began to sing like hymns mm -hmm. unto the Lord, right? Yeah. So maybe a song that I remember from a long time ago when I was a kid it might have went something, you know, like this. Um, <clears throat> it might have went, uh, hallelujah, anyhow, I'll never let my burdens, my ex-wife, my problems, my, uh, <clears throat> my kids, my broken car. Um, let's see what else we have problems, what kind of burdens we have. Children. Uh, my children that don't go to bed at night, uh, who get up at night. Uh, Oh, uh, that pee on the floor? Oh, yours pees on the floor at night? Okay, all right. That don't eat their dinner. That don't eat their dinner. They get in fights with their siblings. Uh, my guy, my neighbor, my boss. Uh, have I made my point? Huh? Everybody, everybody have those kind? Everybody, everybody have those kind of people? Raise your hand if you have those kind of people around. Right, that's right. So we'll start that song over, and then you can kind of add in your mind your own. 
So, <clears throat> hallelujah, anyhow, I'll never let my burdens get me down. Whenever trials come my way, I'll hold my chains up high and sing. Hallelujah, anyhow. Yeah, that's what they did. Come on, somebody shout something. And the Bible says that when they did that at midnight, that all of a sudden, what happened? What happened? Huh? What happened? It said a great earthquake came. A great earthquake came. And as that great earthquake came, it said that all of a sudden, the foundation of the jail started shaking, and the jail cells opened, and all the stuff started falling off. All the chains fell off. And Paul and Silas looked at each other and said, Woo, we're out of here. See you, suckers. <laughs> Is that what happened? No, it's not what happened. That's probably what they wanted to do. That's what I don't want it to do. You know, this is what happens when you beat on us for nothing. No, but what they do, they decided to put the garment of praise on. They didn't have to. They decided to praise God just for who God was, not to help them get them out of jail. It didn't say anything about that. They just started at midnight just to praise the Lord for who he was, for who he was. And what happened? Hello, God came right down and sat right in the middle of their praise, and then a miracle happened. Boom, that's another point. In the middle of our praise, that's when God does miracles in our lives. That's when things start to change. We put on the garment of praise. We just start to give him glory and forget the complaining, forget all the other stuff, and miracles start to happen. And we didn't even ask for them to happen. They just do. That's the awesome God that we serve. He can't help himself. Isn't that great? That is so awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to close, obviously, with this. But praise invites God's presence. Praise paves the way for God's power to be displayed. Miracles begin to happen, as we saw right there. Praise brings humility. Praise makes the enemy flee. Praise refreshes us. And as we said earlier, praise leaves no room for complaining or negativity. And praise will put things back in the right perspective. Hallelujah. And this is where, this is where I end. How many of you guys, I, my kids do this. And I want to ground them for it. But they'll be hearing a secular song. And they know every word to it. How many of you guys are like that? You don't listen to them. You don't have them in your house. But yet when you go to the grocery store, you hear, you hear them and you know every word. I don't know how that is. I can't do that. But a lot of kids, a lot of people do. So it's like, I, mean, I, don't, even, I don't even listen to Jesus take the wheel. All right? But yet I hear it and I'm just, Jesus take the wheel. You know, I mean, it's just, ah, oh, it's right there. Music is like glue. All right? And it, and it sticks to the most inner parts of us. And so in children's church, we, we do repetitious songs of praise. And the little kids, I mean, some sound really weird and, and obnoxious. But it's because it's glue to them. And they need to hear that kind of music to be able to praise the Lord as they grow up. At home, do the same thing. Man, sometimes, every now and then, Nicole, I'll come home on a Thursday. Everything's off. The TV's off and stuff. But she's got just worship music playing in the living room. And my speakers are pretty loud. I like it loud. And she's just praying. And you know what? It's weird because the atmosphere is so different 
than when gunfights on on the TV. It is. It's so crazy. And man, you step into it, and it's just like, wow, there is just something here. Hello, it's the Lord. So every now, turn off that television, and turn on the praise music, and just praise the Lord in that house. They'll pick up on it. They'll pick up. They'll start praising the Lord as well. Amen. Because guys, as Brother Tim said earlier, it's a weapon. It's a weapon. We are made to praise God. We were made to praise the Lord. And that old hallelujah song, it'll never leave me. I learned it when I was a kid, and it still never left me yet. It's glue. And so these songs, put them into your kids, and they'll be able to use those weapons when they need them in the future. Amen? And that's just praising God just to praise God. Amen. Pastor, come on up. God. Hallelujah. All righty. You know, the Bible does say that God inhabits the praises of his people. And Bible also means this about praising God and God inhabits the praises of his people. He does come. He does come to rest, but he does something else. The Bible word for dwell means he comes and marries an individual. Marries an individual. In other words, when God inhabits the praises of his people, he comes in, becomes one with the individual that is praising, and what he has becomes theirs, and what they have becomes his. So now it is no longer the fight of the individual it is now the fight of God. Could again, amen. Randy mentioned that he puts on a garment of praise. The garment of praise is a garment. It's not just something that covers. It is a garment that one individual will wrap themselves around many times in order to make sure that there were no cracks or any doorways that anything, cold weather, whatever it might be, could get in. A sandstorm could get in and harm that individual. Now, praise means to act or to worship. It simply means that it is the voice of servitude. It is the voice of servitude. The voice of pride, the voice of arrogance, the voice of self-confidence, all have to be as Hebrews 13, 15 says this, that we offer up to him the sacrifice of praise. And in the midst of things that we deal with through life, sometimes we have to offer up as a sacrifice, which means to kill something on purpose to obtain something else. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our pride. We have to sacrifice our own intelligence. We have to sacrifice reason in order to allow God to inhabit that praise. Could again, amen. So we offer up a sacrifice of praise in that we slay those things that oppose God's 
place and rightful rule in our life. Oh, come on, guys. Come on, man. I can't be that bad. I've only been doing five minutes. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, we praise God in the point of surrender. Do you know that praise is a surrender to a believer? Now, you can handle things your way, which most Christians are notorious for exempting God from life's problems. They just think they can do a better job. I mean, I ask people all the time, did you pray about it? No, we never thought about it. <laughs> like, hello. What, what, what did you, uh, you know, begin to uh, ask God to help you? No, no, never thought about it. Sometimes you want to say, well, then just go do it yourself and see what the outcome is. But that's not what we do. We encourage people, well, let's pray. Let's do this. Let's do that. But praise in the midst of our circumstances, our situations, are simply a declaration, a voice of surrender and submission to the ultimate might and strength of God and a declaration of our hopelessness without Him. And so when we come into a situation, now we can do all that we want to do, but when we begin to thank, praise, and exalt God, extol Him for being who He is. Remember, God inhabits the praises of His people. Now, one of the words for uh, praising God, or one of the reasons is not just praising God for what He's done for you, but praising Him for who He is. Amen. We ought to praise God for who He is. Look at the wonders of the world. Look at all that God has done for us. Look at the marvels of creation. Just look at the marvels of a day, how things awaken at the rising of the sun, how things transform at the going down of the same. Look at what God is doing in the midst of just creation. He deserves our praise. Could I get an amen? And so when we start praising, it is a voice of submission, a voice of surrender. Stop handling things yourself. Cast them over on the Lord because he's already expressed his concern and care for you. Amen. So too many of us are handling things on our own. Now the Bible tells us that praise is something that establishes a place of consistency in our life. The Bible says that we are to praise God continually, not just when we feel good. Come on, not just when we come into this assembly. Come on, not just when we're around other people. Sometimes people use the praise of God or uh, the cliches of Christianity because they're nervous about the people they're around or they're nervous about what's going to happen. No, praise is a declaration of confidence that God's eyes are always upon me. His ears are always open unto my prayers. So I will continue, even if I would make my bed in hell, God is there. Hallelujah. So I will give God praise continually in the good seasons and in the bad seasons. But what we don't want to do is be quiet 
at the times when we think God has forsaken us. Could I get an amen? The Bible says in Romans, can I have that on the screen? Romans 4, 19 through 20. Now this is the father of faith, the father of Abraham, and he has been taught by God that you can take a promise, you can mix faith with it, called a confession, and that is the ongoing activity that allows God to do that which he's already declared or desires to do in your life. But as soon as you start using your faith, how many of you know that there's a war zone that has started? Sometimes people think, well, I started using my faith and believing God and everything went wrong, like Christianity 101. Who told you it was going to be a bed of roses? Well, well, I thought, who told you it was going to be without adversity? Many are the afflictions of the righteous folks. You better learn how to deal with trouble. Could I get an amen? Because through much trouble, tribulation, persecution, fire, torment, and all the gates of hell breaking free, will you enter into the kingdom of God. So you're going to have to navigate your way through things that are guaranteed to happen. Well, that doesn't sound like Christianity to me. Well, you, then you need to wake up. You know, you, if you think Christianity is just a walk through the park smelling of the roses, smelling of the lilies, drinking of the sweet rose, drinking of the sweet wells of salvation, you're wrong. Christianity is filled with many bitter moments, but not defeatable, undefeatable moments or moments that you cannot turn around when you apply the work of the cross to the bitter waters of Moriah. Could I get an amen? amen? And so this passage of Scripture says this, and not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Notice that he did not consider you got to be doing something to get your focus off your problem. And then the Bible says in verse 20, he staggered not. That word staggered means that he did not cave in, did not allow unbelief to come in. He did not waver. In other words, he stood steadfast. He locked himself into an unmovable place of faith. How did he do that? But he was not staggered, not at the promise, the awesomeness, the, the idea that something could happen out of nothingness through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory, unveiling his admonitions and his expectations to who God was. Could I have a stabilizer? Who, is there a praise in the house? I need praise. Come on. Give me some, well, come up here, praise. Somebody get me a rope. Give me a rope. Hey, here's a rope right here. Now I'm going to show you what praise does. Here you go, praise. Oh, here, I better put this around here. I got to, might need a bigger rope here. <laughs> All right. Now this is praise. Now remember, he doesn't stagger. He doesn't have 
waver. He doesn't get away from God. What does he do? Praise becomes his stabilizing factor. He has a place to anchor himself. He has a place to bind himself with his faith because everything else is trying to get away from him. Everything's trying to drive him away. Here comes the voice of reason. You're a hundred years old. Give it up. Look at Sarah. Give it up. It hasn't happened. Even when you were strong, give it up. Come here, young man. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Bring me out right there. Get a hold of this right here. Grab a hold of that. Get it. Grab a hold of it. Hurry up. Because you know that when God comes or the promise comes, the devil's going to start coming to you and trying to get you to separate. Yeah, and he's going to tell you, don't believe God. It's not going to work. You're going to cave in. But what did Abraham do? Abraham began to give God the praise. Come on, Shart, start praising God, son. Praise the Lord, boy. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, shout hallelujah. And when you do, guess what happens? Ah, oh, here's a great thing that happens. Then the Bible says that when you start praising God, he does what? He begins to shackle, still, and to make, in, make active the enemy. That which came to be your conqueror has now become conquered by the praises of his people. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Throw those guys in the pit, praise. Hallelujah. So God gives us praise that it stills our adversary. Now you can let him buffet you and beat you up or you can just throw your head back and start wailing out of tune like Randy did. Hallelujah, anyhow! Because it's not what in tune it's about. It's about where your faith is located. Praise will keep your eyes focused on God. Praise will shut down the ear that is open to accusations against a faithful, unfailing God. Could I get an amen? Praise is a voice of champions, but silence is a voice of losers. What if Abraham would have refused to declare the faithfulness of God against the accusation of reason. Isaac never would have been born. Abraham would not be the eternal friend of God and he would not be the father of faith and we would not be his seed by faith in Christ Jesus. Sometimes simple things, foolish things, are far greater than the deepest wisdom that you will ever come up against. You say, how can that do anything? I don't know, how can one word calm an ocean that is in turmoil and white-capping and sinking a ship filled with known sailors? I don't know. 
How can one voice that says, roll, roll away the stone, Lazarus, come forth. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. How does one word break death and bring life? I don't know. How does one seed of God transform itself into the sonship of millions and billions of followers of Jesus Christ willing to give their life for him? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that if God said it, he will not lie, nor will he recant, nor will he let one word fail that we put faith in. Could I get an amen? Hallelujah. Now, where does praise come from? Praise doesn't come just out of nowhere. It doesn't come just because somebody tells us to do it. Praise comes, number one, from a discovery of who really God is. And that may be the reason that there is such a lack of it in our churches today. It's because people hear about their God, but they really don't know him. Could I? Come on. Hallelujah. And then it comes from discovering what he said he would do. That's why it becomes an act of faith, but also a prophetic declaration. Jehoshaphat didn't start praising God when his enemies came. <laughs> he started complaining. Hey, God, now wait, wait, we did everything right. Where are you? Come on, where are you at? Where's the God of justice? Come on, where are you at? We've done everything you told us to do. Now look at what's going to happen. We're going to be wiped out from the history of mankind. Help! And so God's spirit falls upon the son of a Levite. And the son of a Levite says this, hey, don't fear, don't be dismayed by the reason this multitude, because it's not your battle. I take it upon my own because I told you what I would do to your enemies. Your enemies would become mine enemies. You don't need to worry because I'm in the fight. And then guess what happens? They have such confidence, they appoint praisers, not warriors, not armor bearers, not men with spears and swords. They realize that there is something far superior to anything that man's hands can do. And they appointed singers. And they went and they began to praise God. What were they doing? Declaring the conditions of the marriage covenant. We are one. We are inseparable. We are of your body. We are of your bone. And we are of your flesh. We are of your people. We are the sons and daughters of Abraham. And they begin to praise God. And when they did, the husband came home, set his foot on the battlefield, and set ambushments against the enemies till they thought their enemies were their enemies, and they turned on each other, killed themselves, and then God invites his bride 
back to the battlefield to reap the spoils of the champions that declare that God is faithful. And if he said it, you can decree it. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. And God is faithful that started it, that he will complete it until the day of the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You don't have to know much to say something good about God. You might have to believe a lot not to say it, but you don't have to know much to praise God. Amen? Wherever you are, find a promise and say, this is what the Lord said. He said he'd meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Throw your hands up and begin to thank God that every need is met. Throw your hands up and thank God that you've been living hand to mouth, mouth to hand long enough, but God is the God of abundance, praise God. Begin to realize that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessing, and the blessings of God tendeth to prosperity and wealth. Proverbs 10, 22, begin to exalt. But, but, but my friends don't believe Forget your friends. They can observe your battle, but they will never be involved in it because it is a battle that your faith must invoke God to inhabit that your enemies can be scattered. Come on, shout hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand our feet just for a moment. Let's begin to worship God. Thank him for wherever a promise reigns in your life. God has established himself a seat that he wants to inhabit and bind together in a marriage covenant with you. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that our help does not come from the north, the south, the east, or the west, but God, it cometh from the Lord. We will not fear what men shall do unto us, for the Lord is our helper. God, we will not worry if 10,000 falls at our right side and 10,000 to our left side. It'll not come nigh us, for we are hedged about by the angelic host of our caring, loving Father. God, we know that God is the birds are fed, we are fed. God is the lilies are clothed, we are clothed. God, you provide for us. What would we fear? What should we worry about? when the eyes of our God are upon us and his ears are open unto our prayers. We worship you, God. Let us be people of radical, uncontainable, loud, expressive declarations of God himself. Hallelujah! Yay! Hallelujah! 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 Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, be quiet. It's not their life that is under attack. Somebody said, be religious. It's never helped me. Be respectful. I choose to honor a God instead of have the respect of people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, folks. God is calling us. 
He's calling us. Come on, He's calling us to a place we've never been. Come on, He's calling us to a life of praise from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Let the name of the Lord be praised and let it begin to resonate from me, O oh God. Hallelujah. Let me know that my morning has been in the night, but the morning has come and joy will fill my day. For it's a day that the Lord hath made, and it rotates, and in Him do I live and move and have my being. Oh, I celebrate God. Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'll shout by myself, but you could shout with me. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. 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 To our God. Woo. Hey, hallelujah.